Hey there, thank you for tuning in again to i80 Sports. I'm Bob here with Alex and Scott, and we are talking all things Major League Soccer. Hey there, everyone. Uh, this is Bob, and you're watching I-80 Sports. We have a lot around Major League Soccer to talk about today, um, and we're going to be going with that in just a few minutes. Um, having some audio difficulties right now. Hopefully, we'll work that out very, very quickly. Um, <laughs> sorry, guys. My, my ears are ringing. Okay, we're good. Sorry, I, I was on a little delay or something. Okay. Sports guys, let, let, let's get into it. Today we're talking all things Major League Soccer, and uh, the first first thing, first things first, uh, schedule drop today. We got some very uh, interesting unbalanced schedules, as is always the case uh, with with Major League Soccer. Um, I think NYCFC wins best schedule. They have no Western Conference opponents with a positive expected goal differential from last season. So that's kind of the the, the crown jewel schedule right there. And they're going to need it. Had a pretty rough season in 2023. Do we do we want to touch on anything else uh, with the schedule? Or are we going to jump right into it? Uh, I don't really have anything else to say about the schedules. Um, yeah. I'm, I don't, I'm with Scott on this. To me, another reason why the supporter shield doesn't mean anything in a, an unbalanced schedule. Yeah, it, mm. I, you, that is kind of a thing we could talk about some other day, but it does kind of bother me. I think Major League Soccer is going to continue to grow, right? They're going to continue to add franchises and, and whatever. There'll come a point where the East and Western conferences don't play each other yeah. until the MLS Cup, you know what I mean? And you will have effectively like a two league system. Like I just, the, the growth thing, the patterns here, like one day there will be this sort of like promotion relegation. The legal just grow to be so big. Right. But yeah, for, for right now, the supporter shield is a little hard to, to like say what it really means because the schedules aren't balanced. Teams don't play all the same teams and they don't have the same conditions and all that. And we know Alex feels very uh, strongly about the he supporter does. shield anyway. Useless trophy in the history of sports. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I remember we, we, it was it, your first one's always fun, but then after that, yeah, I agree. MLS cup or bust. So let, hope, let's so talk now about another domestic league. Let's talk about uh, us open cup. Cause there was some controversy and we're, we're really not sure oh, yeah. still where we stand there. Uh, Don Garber came out as, you know, kind of a mouthpiece for the owners and said, we will not be playing in MLS, uh, in U.S. Open Cup this season. He expects teams to send their uh, next pro or kind of like their their little minor league, uh, their little um, reserve, the reserve division. Yeah. yeah. So the reserve teams were going to go to the cup. And that was that huge outcry on social media. And then they came out with a letter from U.S. Soccer saying, yeah, you contractually have to play. You have to send your major league soccer teams. And that's kind of where it stands right now. They said we were not going to play in an open cup and U.S. soccer said, yeah, you are. Discuss. Look, I don't, I, what's there to discuss. Yeah, I don't know what's there to discuss. I'm a 96er. 
Ask me how many times I've been to a U.S. Open Cup game. How many times have you been to a U.S. Open Cup game? I'd say five, six. Every time I've gone, what do you think the attendance has been every time I've gone? 4,000. Sometimes the games get moved to a Division three stadium, a high school stadium, correct? Major League Soccer yep. teams move to smaller venues because the interest maybe is not there. The crowd is smaller midweek. All of a sudden, I see on Twitter, everyone going wild for this. Why MLS pulling out a U.S. Open Cup when people wouldn't go during the week. And when there is a U.S. Open Cup, Bob, you've been to a handful of games. Yeah, empty. empty. The MLS team, no, no, MLS team, the team that lines up on the field. Would no, that never. be the same 11 that's the no. same that would play against Columbus Crew? Unless it's like the semifinal or the final U.S. Open Cup? No, now, in Europe, in Europe, 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 the FA Cup, the Caribou Cup, same thing applies. Liverpool's not playing their 11 during the week. Blah, blah, I understand that. But the outcry on Twitter on this. Now, with Nations Cup as well, paying out, what was the difference in money between U.S. Open Cup and Nations Cup? The, the dollar value per team. What's the what's the difference in this? It's millions of dollars, correct? It's about, difference? It's about 10 times the... the so you can't blame Garber with a dollar sign. This year, the Open Cup paid out like 300 Grand. Right. Yeah. So the payout isn't incentive enough. I, I don't see the outcry. Again, oldest trophy in America for soccer, historic, absolutely. MLS has to take it as seriously from day one. Why would they do it now? Yeah. They so I, I completely agree it. there that the, the attendance is poor. There yeah, are teams who spend money, who, who are in the net negative because they run U.S. Open Cup. Would it be awesome to have? Yes. I would love a, a robust U.S. Open Cup. I do count that as a formal trophy. But Absolutely. teams don't take Absolutely. it. If Absolutely. If your Absolutely. team doesn't take it as important until the last two rounds then are we really missing all that time now? Um, there, exactly, there are, that's my point. Exactly, there are other things to consider here. There is a fee for hosting. Teams for each round have to uh, pay U.S. soccer $100,000 per home match just to, just to have the, the, the game in their stadium. And I would assume for some teams that puts them in the red because when there's 4,000 fans, $100,000 is going to be a lot to host that there. And, you know... I think overall it would be really cool to have U.S. Open Cup mean a lot. I, I, I really do. I would love to, to have more. my team uh, yeah, actually, win yes. I, one. I think that's the thing. I think that the U.S. Open Cup should be an important trophy. It's It hasn't been. It hasn't been an, an important trophy. I think the only reason that teams take it even moderately seriously is because there's a CONCACAF Champions League berth on exactly correct. right? For exactly the winner. Correct. And because I think that soccer players are inher inherently competitive people, and if you put them on the field, they're going to try and win games, right? So yeah. I think that's why teams have taken it as seriously as they have, which is not very – I think they should take it more seriously. I think you need a bigger prize pot of money. But I think the U.S. Open Cup is one of those things that is actually really important to, like, the general ecosystem of soccer in the United States of America because – if the U.S. Open Cup does not exist, then all of the other leagues and all of the other teams essentially do not matter in any way, shape, or form. And the truth is, is that they need to matter because as much as Major League Soccer doesn't want them to matter, the truth is that they are still drawing on USL talent to fill out their rosters. They're still signing goalkeepers to be like their third string goalkeeper or whatever. They're 
they're <coughs> using the USL for loan options for their reserve players because MLS Next Pro is still kind of a joke league. It's not really a pathway league. It's not really that good of a bridge between somewhere else and Major League Soccer. USL is a better bridge. It's a more competitive environment with people who are actual pros, who are playing for money, who are trying to put food on the table for their kids, right? In front of fans. Month, there's actually yeah, some and more front, fans in some of those fans, games. That Phoenix yes. Rising fan, that um, there's a team in New Mexico. Yeah, New Mexico United. Forgetting, go yeah, to Tampa. Go down United. to go to go down These to Tampa Bay. Yeah, stuff like that. Louisville, Louisville, with yep. serious players of of people who are making a career out of soccer, and um, and that is a better development environment than MLSX Pro is. I'm convinced. And and so as soon as USL, especially, like does not matter. Those teams, they are not playing for anything meaningful anymore, right? Because those teams, they can't get into Open Cup and go to, you know, CONCACAF Champions League or whatever. Like, you are you are diminishing the soccer talent pool in this country. And that makes your top-tier league, that makes your major league soccer worse. That makes your U.S. soccer, you know, pool that, that you're sending off to the World Cup and whatever, that makes that worse. So I just I think that the Open Cup is an important you know gateway. Like we I, know agree, I agree, I agree. I like it a lot. And the David versus that, Goliath. My to me, the final the, the takeaway here that, is going to I'm, be that this should be kind of writing on the wall that teams need to have robust academies and, and those systems in order to field players. We need more players on teams. You know, one, one of the things that I brought up and I asked this out on Twitter a few days ago. If the salary cap was doubled and the DP slots were doubled tomorrow, how many teams would do the right thing and fill in reserve spots with some of that money and get bench depth in in some of that? Of course, you'd want to have a team maybe of eight DPs starting each and every week, but that's probably not realistic in Major League Soccer. You need to be prepared to play like all these clubs, like Chelsea bringing in 60 players to to fill 15 spots each and every year. Um, And and you need to have that. And I think that that's kind of where we are. U.S. Open Cup doesn't make sense with our current roster construction, but I would love it to make sense sometime in the future. To me, just before we move on to the next thing, the the David versus Goliath thing, like the insane March Madness thing, they've never capitalized on that. People love watching the underdog beat the big favorite. It's happened in Europe. Ajax the other day with the Dutch Cup lost to the fourth division team. First time it's ever, ever happens. Like that is that is that's the beauty of the sport. That's what I want to see. But over there, the the Dutch Cup gets 60,000 middle week at Ajax. Unlike our country, middle week LAFC is not doing that. New York City's not doing that. Salt Lake City's not doing that. Rebels certainly are not doing that. That's the difference right now. I have attended Open Cup games in Salt Lake City. We, we don't fill out the stadium quite as robustly, but we still have like 10,000 people in the stands. I think That's that, more than most. I think, can say I think MLS. That some That's MLS more than most can say MLS. are still getting their crews. But I think, I, Bob, I think the point that you just made about development, about the extra games, about filling out the roster, um, I think that is like, that's the, that is a huge point. That's I think that's a really important one. Um, Scott, we got to get some breaking news. We're going to finish up talking about some rumors and some signings. First piece is Demir Krylock leaving RSL. Scott, we're going to turn it over to you and just tell us what he means to your club and where he lands amongst all-time greats because RSL has some some really good long-time players. Yeah, 
RSL really does have some legends, and Demir Krylock is right up there with him. If you're putting together a Mount Rushmore, you know, everybody's going to have their, you know, their preferred favorites or whatever, but Demir Krylock's going to be in that conversation for 99% of the fan base here. Um, look, you can't talk about Demir Krylock without starting this off and saying Demir Krylock is one of the best human beings, just all around people that has walked through the doors of that club. Um, everybody that has interacted with him, you know, comes away and says what an incredible person that man is. Um, he, he came in here and he really changed, I think the culture and pushed the team to be more fan facing the players. I mean, right. Um, you see so much more of the players going out and interacting with the fans. They have more scheduled opportunities to do things. Um, Demir was always, you know, going out to like hospitals or whatever. It's this kind of thing that you see on social media from players in Europe. Demir brought that here. Um, he really said we need to have a relationship with the fans. And he took that to heart and he took that personally and he led, he led the way. His next great, you know, thing is his leadership. He's an incredible leader of men. Um, he raised all of the standards just by being here. Um, and and having him leave now, uh, that hurts. It really hurts. It hurts on a personal level, it, but it hurts from a soccer level, even though this is a guy that really didn't play very much the last two years. Had a big back surgery, had a nerve issue, um, played very, very few minutes this last season. Um and, you know, and really struggled when he was on the field to to be that impactful player that he was previously. Um, all of that is true. And yet him leaving, it hurts because of the standards that he set, the standards that he held the rest of the team to. He's your captain. He's your leader. Even when he was not playing, he's giving team talks in the dressing room. He's um, he's working with young players. He's he's bringing the rest of the group up. Um, so having him leave that, you know, that hurts. But uh but it's also, you know, honestly, it's the right time. Uh, he occupied a pretty big, you know, chunk of, of cap space and money. Uh, this is money that RSL needs to reinvest yeah. in a more youthful player and a player that can play more minutes. Um, the team was really moving in a direction that did not favor Demir Krylock, I think, stylistically on the field. Um, so I think this is a good time, very just, you know, Machiavellian. This is a good time for him to to move on, but but um, everybody, you know, in Salt Lake City will will wish him very well. And uh, I know that there's rumors he may land in Vancouver. Um, that that seems pretty advanced. If he lands in Vancouver, if he finds his way back to Salt Lake, expect him to be received very well um, in Salt Lake because people here adore him. You know, we really do. For sure. Now, one on the team that's going to step up and kind of take that first spot. I mean, obviously you have uh, Savarino, Christian Rongo, some guys, you know, Diego Luna, but I, you know, I, I wouldn't call him much of a young leader, someone that you're not going to be able to rely on because he will not be in RSL for too long. Um, Who steps up and and fills the void? Uh, I think you're looking at Justin Glad is going to be the principal, uh, you know, guy on the list to, to step up and be a captain. Sure. Um, he's been with the team, I think the longest now, um, he, I mean, certainly one of the longest serving players on that, on that group. Um, Christian Arango is Chicho Arango is another, 
um, player who immediately stepped into a leadership role. He's another of those types of players that that raises the standards. Um, I don't love when your captain is a forward. Um, I think we've talked about this before. We 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 talked about this about two episodes um, yeah. ago. Oh. We where where you want yeah. you want you want a pit bull. You want you want a dog in the fight. You know, yeah. and and when you're sometimes. I guess Arango has kind of got that dog in him, but uh, you want something a little closer to all of the action. And, and Chicho right. Arango, for all of his strengths, uh, tracking back is is probably not on top of the list. Yeah, not on top of the list. Um, Carson Lance, uh, thanks for watching, Carson. I really appreciate you. Um, he just jumped in and said, you know, Glad and and Ruiz, Pablo Ruiz. And, and I agree with that. I think Pablo is kind of the sneaky second choice. I wouldn't be surprised if, like, Glad is your principal captain, and Pablo is one of your vice captains, um, along with Zach McMath. Uh, Pablo Ruiz is a player that took on a huge like leap in terms of like responsibility and influence with this club um, over the last like really two years. But this last year, especially, huge growth in terms of his you know maturity levels and um, and his influence. I think that. Um, I think the one thing that might give Glad the edge is I think Glad is a little more of a, you know, Glad can still be kind of a hothead, but he's a little more calm. He's he's more likely to communicate better with the whole team and with the officials. Um, Pablo, I think, has, you know, you see he has great relationships with a lot of the players, uh, but I do think that he lacks um, a little bit of the uh, respect coming from the officials. Uh He's he's kind of a hot head, and so they. That, that that's a very diplomatic them, yeah. way to say it. Let's move on and talk about some old guys now, because yeah. we do have some rumors, some signings, and we got to start with Luis Suarez confirmed signing with Inter Miami. I mean, this is a best eleven of this generation kind of guy. And Alex, I wanted to touch kind of base with you first here. If I told you ten years ago that Luis Suarez and, and Messi were going to be major league soccer players, what would you say to me? I said, you're crazy. Never going to happen. Not in my lifetime. Again, we got him maybe a few years late on both of them, but Suarez still, I think last year, was second in the Brazil League in scoring at 35. Second. Still got the I mean, I mean, I don't even know who's I don't even know who's on his team that was even feeding him the ball. That's, that's all you need to know. Uh, again, Inter-Miami, let's say, if it was up to them, there would be no DPs. They would sign anybody and everybody they would be just like a european premier league team they have they have those kind of ambitions that's just how it is and anything they can do they have guys that are salary cap savvy now after the whatever the seven dp fiasco from two years ago they're not going to make that same mistake twice they know the dp they know the tam gam garber bucks rule now inside and out suarez gets in there somehow don't know how but he's in there under uh, the DP rules and the Tam and Gam, and they're going to be fun to watch. Listen, Inter-Miami is must-see television when it comes to MLS. I said it last year. I'm going to say it again this year. If Messi is healthy, Inter-Miami is must-see TV. Now, I think most of us think that that's a net positive for the league, the fact that a player like Luis Suarez, who, again, a generational-type guy, another generational-type guy, and although he may not have ever been, you know, Lionel Messi, very few people were, if Messi wasn't, you know, on that list, he's he would have been a, a perennial balloon door uh, type guy. Now, this is kind of been strange. Big time to me. player, got- at a big time spot. That's why I describe him. Big time player at a big time spot, as far as. 
me and Scott noticed this past week that a lot of people were villainizing Inter Miami on on the social medias, and you know it kind of leads you to think: Are is this a team we can root against? Are are they the new uh, punching bag of Major League Soccer? And I and I understand the distrust because of past transgressions, and I do understand that there are people who think that they're stretching the rules or that Garber is stretching the rules in order to get messy here. That's probably all true. Is that enough to make inter Miami the enemy or are we still, especially, you know, existing major league soccer fans, supporters, media, are we allowed to, to, to fanboy or do we need to uh, get the hate in our hearts too? Can both be true? Yeah. I mean, it's messy, man. I mean, give him what he wants. They want to sign 15 DPs because Messi said so. We're going to sign 15 DPs that just to get him in here. I mean, he's the GOAT of all time, not this year, the decade, or the 21st century. Whatever As he wants, man once get. said, when it comes to roster I, rules, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying, right? Listen, Barber's been going back to Beckham and the LA Galaxy back in the day, how they got around salary cap shit. Excuse my language. You know what I'm talking about. It's weird. MLS is a weird league. That's why outsiders have a hard time following it with these DP salary cap TAM game. I don't even know what the hell this is half the time. Uh, Under 22 initiative. Okay, whatever. But (laughs) what I I just say, Inter Miami's must-see TV. They have stars. People want to see stars. I don't care how old they are. If they're running on the field, they're good. Busquets, come on. (laughs) Alba. Messi and Suarez. I mean, who does not want to watch it? I don't care if they're 35 or 25. I want to watch this game if I'm a soccer fan. And yes, uh, are people going to think they're the villains because they, what's the word they're looking for? What, around the salary cap system, the, the way the MLS system, you can't see a team like, I don't know, uh, Red Bulls, for example, doing something like this. No way, no chance in hell. Would it ever happen? Vancouver would never do something like this. I feel this is almost part of an overcorrection because a few years ago we we said, okay, this is a retirement league. It's getting silly. The Wayne Rooney's uh, coming over, um, uh, Pirlo, like guys like that. And we said, no, this is going to be a young development league. And I think what happened was we went a little too far in that direction and, and stopped remembering, hey, like fans want to know the names of a couple players on their team. So I think that this is almost like a, you know, a new iteration of MLS where, where we're saying, yes, we are going young. We're a development league. We're going to sell to the top major leagues, but we also need some, some experience to go with our Academy kids, you know? Um, And I can't think of a better place um, for, for some young uh, players than playing with some of the best to ever, to ever play it. So I I think, I think this this to me feels different than the retirement league uh, situation Absolutely. that was maybe seven or eight years ago. I feel Absolutely. like now we're, we're doing it more tastefully, where it's not only to get people in seats, it's mixing in with our club identity and what we actually want to do on the field. So, so this to me, it does feel a lot different than than what it was a few years ago. However, with with Suarez in particular, I'm just gonna do one of these and, and say, uh, please let his knees carry him 32 matches this season. Uh, or 16 i don't know let's go with 20 let's go with 20 something and you call it a day i think the thing about this that's really (laughs) is it's going to be fun whether whether you love it or you hate it like you're going to have fun with it right and so like just like with the beckham thing i think that major league soccer sometimes needs a push to grow to to expand to change to allow yeah well they're just slow they're just really slow And so if this is one of the things that helps the league to finally loosen the reins a little bit and let teams, you know, 
continue to grow and and have access to resources that will can, that will make this like a destination league you know to so that we get not a 35 year old suarez but we get like the 32 year old version of him or something that's still got something left in the tank you know what then then great and if you want to have some fun hating on inter miami along the way go for it now let's uh for juxtaposition let's talk about some of the other rumors and signings i i did a little research on each of these guys and if you Either of you, Alex or Scott, want to want to jump in on any of them? Just let me know. Okay. First rumor and signing that I picked up today: Orlando reject Blackburn loan offer for Duncan McGuire. They are not entertaining loans. They're not entertaining loan offers for Duncan McGuire at this point. What does that mean? They would sell him. I would assume for the price everyone's got a price on their head. But they're not loaning out Duncan McGuire. Orlando uh, reject bid from Blackburn. I mean, this is a huge deal. For Duncan McGuire, this is a super draft guy, you know, Mr. Irrelevant almost. And um, I I shouldn't say that, but I I do rag on the super draft process a little bit and, uh, you know, had a stellar season with Orlando. The fact that his uh, the door is being knocked from a an English side. I think that that, that's huge news for Duncan McGuire. Oh, big news for Duncan McGuire. And, you know, this it reminds me of a player and I I'm going to need some help because I can't remember his name. He had a very similar sort of thing. Came in, had a bunch of goals, I think, in Orlando. Uh, went to yes. England. Um, Daryl DK? Yeah, Daryl DK. Thank yes, you. Yes, he's out with Achilles. West Brom, in the top six of the championship, they got a shot at getting back to the Premier League. Yeah. So he, he, it reminds me a little bit of the Daryl DK saga. And, and no, well, they you, waited and waited and waited until they got their number. I think they could yeah. do the same thing with Maguire. I think they I could think, get more, and he could get to a better team if I'm him. Orlando needs to not do is because because remember Daryl DK went to England, like started having injury issues, right? And I think that was before he was sold, and and so I think for Orlando, you kind of want to get your money well. The valuation is high. Don't let him go over and flop and find out that you suddenly can't get any money. Don't let him go over there and get injured and find out that you can't get any money because nobody wants him anymore. Like, get your money. And if you got to keep him for another year, like, that's fine. There, There is also the chance that, I mean, he wasn't necessarily um, on a lot of radars at the beginning of this season. There is a chance that after that amazing run he went on that he doesn't do so well this year. So I feel like that's kind of the other, uh, you know, uh, elephant in the room is they're betting on him having another similar year and i think oh, that, that forget, is a little bit of pressure now i always get a little nervous with a young guy with a loan jordan morris for example going to swansea not the same player since uh yeah that's why mcguire to me if i hear loan i'm not interested sell i'm interested but i'm not loaning him especially to the championship in blackburn where that is a World War Three battle every day in that yeah, league just to yeah. stay up and just to advance. I, I, if I'm Orlando, I'm holding out for something better or another team. And if I'm McGuire too. I want to go somewhere else. Yeah. Let's go to Dennis Buanga, 29-year-old LAFC, Gabon International. 20 goals, 6 assists, and 31 matches last season. Interest from Nice in France. We don't know how... Uh, advanced those talks are, but he did come to LAFC from St. Etienne in France. He knows League Un quite well. Uh, what are our thoughts here on Buanga? Is he going to stay or is he going to go? I think Buanga's talent is enough to get him to Europe. And Nice, by the way, is currently second in League Un. So 
You know, I I think his talent is worthy of that kind of interest. Is he is he good enough to start for Nice? Is the question. Uh, uh, that that's that's maybe. that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm maybe. not sure it's exactly. Now remember, and Bobby leaves, and Bobby forwards that, in league on, and there's some yeah, nice and that, so he and might that, be good enough for that. Yeah, that league is taking a little bit of a eh, to me step back. Now with Mbappe probably leaving, Messi's not there, PSG isn't what they were, Neymar is not there. He went to Saudi Arabia, France to me. I mean, yes, Nice, but with, if I'm going to leave Major League Soccer, I don't know what money talks. Is he going to sit the bench or is he going to play is my only question. If he's going to sit the bench, why go? If he's already played in France. To me, I think I, he wants to go. He wants to play, I would think. I agree. I, I felt like he left France behind to come here as the next part of his his career. I would assume uh, he would be happy and healthy in LAFC. I can't imagine wanting to leave LA for most places in the world. Let's uh, go now to St. Louis City. They got a new kid, um, signed 25-year-old Norway uh, player, Thomas Totland from Sweden. He played 44 games of the last two seasons, winning Sweden with Hacken last year. It looks like he's a left back there, and that kind of fills a hole for me for St. Louis City. So St. Louis City got their guy, Thomas Totland. Very difficult to get a left-footed back in any league, anywhere in the world. So if you can find a guy that's got a left foot, he can play defense, you're going to be interested. Don't know much about the guy. If he's got a left foot, he can play defense. Uh, there's got to be, there's got to be some kind of talent there. St. Louis is going to sign. Uh, I, in general, I like the profile on this. He's a player who yeah. can play both on both sides of the of, of the field. He can play left back. He can play right back. Um, he's what twenty five, so you know he's he's not old. He's not overly young. He's you know so he's a player that has been successful. I think that's one of the really important things is that you're. You build cultures of success on the backs of people who know what success looks like, um, you know. And that Swedish league is not incredible, but it's not trash either. Like there's there's exactly. good players fair, to come out fair. of there. Um, Should so, be everyday starter. I think they traded Stroud like and someone else during last season, so um, definitely fits a hole and someone who I would expect to be at least a, a mostly everyday starter. Uh, for yep. Sweden, and I did actually catch that he had a, has a green card, so I don't think he even counts as an international spot for St. Louis. That's um, a big bonus. Let's move to Columbus Crew. They signed Marino Hanistroza, 22-year-old Colombian, currently with Pachuca. He plays forward, but he only had 7.790 minute stretches during last season. One goal, one assist on the year. Young 22-year-old from Pachuca, so you know he could ball. He's, he's got a little bit of that in him, but uh, largely unproven at the professional level. Columbus crew seem to be happy to uh, you know bring this young guy in and see what he develops. Um, just a quick point of like clarification, because the Mexican League is complete gibberish to most of us. Um, the Mexican season is broken into two sections, the Apertura and the Clausura. Um, these are not like full, you know, 38 game seasons. They're like half seasons. So he's actually made 13 appearances out of 17 possible games for Pachuca in this season. So he is, he is getting minutes. Um, he is playing. Uh, it just, you know, sometimes the numbers don't look as high because it's half the games. However, his goal and assist record is not super stellar still. I don't know. It's an okay profile. He could come here and, and bang. Uh, Columbus has, you know, a great coaching staff right now. 
and he will be playing alongside, you know, and behind proven forwards. It's not like Columbus need him to come in and score yes. 30 goals a season. They don't. They have they have goal scorers. So if he it's can come in decision. Develop, they're buying him for X amount, they can develop him and sell him out X amount down the line. It's a smart move. Yes. It's a business decision. It's, it's genius. It really is. Love it. Let's move on. Uh, talk about another Argentinian kid now. Argentinian forward Santiago Castro linked to Bologna and DC United. Looks like DC United are going to be uh, uh, pursuing him aggressively. Now, there, there's no, this is not set in stone. It's just, just rumors at this point. Played three seasons for Velez Sarsfield in Argentina. Premier division, seven games this season, one goal, one assist to show for it. Could be a great MLS addition, and hopefully DC United, I think, should go out and, and try to get this young Argentinian forward. The fact that he's being linked to DC and Bologna, he's got some some pedigree there. 19 years old means he was born in 2004. That makes both me and Alex feel very, very old. Oh my gosh, that hurts! Wow, wow. <laughs> I have hoodies from 2004, but I, I need um, <laughs> to go buy a Porsche. <laughs> Having a midlife crisis. Oh my gosh! <laughs> to me, I've, I've Bob knows this at nauseum. If I'm MLS, I'm going down to Argentina every off season with a checkbook, and I'm bringing back some players. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, the, the, how t- how t- many times MLS teams have missed getting guys from Argentina? I don't understand it. It happens, but. I will continue MLS. I will continue to hit that pipeline of Argentina as much as possible and bring guys in here to do the jump into Europe, use us as a springboard to go into Europe and somewhere else. Uh, no, absolutely. The track record of players coming, you know, up through there is actually quite remarkable. And I can think of, you know, one or two off the top of my head, certainly one of the RSL greats and Javi Morales, who is currently, mm. you know, coaching in Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's an MLS great, uh, that was a player who came out of Argentina, wasn't really getting a lot of other looks. So the talent down there is deep, very, very deep. So teams with smart scouting departments, uh, yeah, they should be splashing some cash inside. There are there. currently 42 employed Argentinians in Major League Soccer. Amongst them, two World Cup winners in uh, Thiago Almada and Lionel Messi. So, yeah, do well. Um, come on down. Let's let, let's see him sign him. Let's move on to LA Galaxy because they have been linked all up and down this offseason so far. They're in the ma- plan, middle of a major rebuild here. And it looks like they are still pursuing Pablo Solari. They couldn't meet the price demands and are renegotiating. I like how that sounds. It, 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 they they got to know. They said, that's not good enough. We're going to go get our guy. I love the way that looks. Uh Pablo Solari played three seasons in Chile's first division, then moved to River Plate in Argentina. Five goals, seven assists in 13 matches this year. So not only do we have a young player, check that box. South America, check that box. Contributing on the field, check that box. I think this LA Galaxy move is going to come. Um, River Plate, think- historic South American and Argentinian franchise. Yeah. That's another box I like checked off. Five goals in what, 13 games? Yeah, River five goals, seven that. assists. That's that's yeah, a contribution yeah. per yeah. match. Yeah, that's that's a signing that, that that needs to be made. For they need to make that kind of signing. They really do. Uh, they they absolutely do. Um, have the LA Galaxy replaced Chris Klein yet, or is Greg Vanny still kind of running that? I don't know the answer to that question. I don't either. I just googled it, and I think I think he's I, I don't really gone. Know. I, 
I, I if I'm if I'm betting, I don't know anything. I don't have. I'm not looking anything Chris, up. Chris, Chris Klein, Klein. Chris Klein is gone. Chris Klein. He's got to be gone. Chris the, the so here, uh, soccer the, the operations. Will Kuntz, general manager. That's so, it. Yeah, that's they, the they guy. Just say, yeah, okay. Kuntz yeah. is cooking now. Put it that way. Right. They're gonna let him cook, and he's my, gonna bring some guys in. Yeah, my big concern around the galaxy is is having sort of a unified picture of where this team wants to be. I love, you say it every love, week. Bad, good collection of uh, bad collection of good players, right? Is that, is that what yeah, you say? Exactly. I love going and getting a player like Pablo Solari. I love that they that they want to have him, that they're willing to renegotiate. But if he doesn't fit an overall picture, and if they're not working to create a cohesive picture, if they're just throwing random pieces down, you know that doesn't make the puzzle. You know, if your pieces don't come out of the same kind of a box, you know, like what are they trying to build? And is and they don't I don't have to know that. That's fine. But if as long as the galaxy, you know, knows what they're trying to build and and Pablo Solari fits right in what they're trying to build, then splash all the cash. Do it. But like that's my one concern sometimes is that teams are like, well, I just really want this guy, but they don't know how it fits. It doesn't really fit. And they're just trying to shoehorn him in because they think it'll be great. And, you know, it doesn't. And I think that's how the Galaxy ended up where they were last season. Yeah, yeah, but they do have pieces. I mean, uh, we got R- Ricky Pooj. We talked about this. We talked about oh, LA yeah. Galaxy a lot last episode too. We, we did, but uh, yeah. Jovalic just wasn't working up top, so no. you know they're gonna they're gonna mix it up working. a little during this off season. They have only one designated player. They have three of those spots to fill. So fill them away, LA Galaxy. I think the league is a lot better when the we have a working Western Conference. We didn't have a working Western Conference last year. I totally agree. Let's finish up with a, a kind of a minor deal. Red Bull looking at a guy, Noah Ilie from Malmo, Swedish uh, defender. Um, I, I think he's under 20 years. He's, he's a very, very young guy, although uh, my document kind of glitched out and I can't see exactly his age. Not much info on him, but he is listed as both footed. Under footedness, left or right, both. So this could be a guy... His so. agent is the same agent as Forsberg, who's coming in from Rebel Leipzig. So I think that's where the connection is, the Swedish connection there. I do think that's where that, that happened. Uh, Rebel needed a center back. They lost Nadam, the, you know, the Nilas in the back. They could use, definitely need some help. Young guy, seems experienced, says both feet. Why not? I mean, yeah, <laughs> we, can't, we can't do any. You know, Nadam was playing for, what was it, is, is, uh, M-Town there, uh, Bob, a couple years ago? Yeah, the Meyer League team up here. So I mean, uh, I, this guy has to be better than him. So that's a that's a smart. Move. He is twenty one years old, born July nineteenth, two thousand and two. Um, <laughs> what what year was he born? Say, wait, say that again. About do I, do I got a Q tip? What year was he born? Twenty one years old, born in two thousand and two. Two thousand and two. Wow. Twenty one years ago in two thousand. He has played center back and right back. He played 1,900 minutes in this last um, season in Sweden. Scored one goal, had two assists, 22 starts, 24 matches played in. I like the profile we just talked about it yeah, yeah. in Sweden. I, I got a, I got a question for Bob. Like, here. Bob, like you've profile. been a fan as almost as long as me. Does it seem like the Red Bull? actually might be spending some money for the first time in years in the offseason yes yes and and, and, and you know it's a weird, it's a was, weird feeling right I'm it, not used it was to, this is very weird easily predictable and i'll tell you why it was very easily predictable because they said we're gonna go out and spend some money this offseason 
And the front office, for all of its flaws, has been forthright in what their plans are. When they wanted to go young, they said, we're going to go young. We're not signing superstars right now. And they, they, they told the truth and it hurt, <laughs> you know, uh, but, but now that they say we're, we're going and we're going to make an effort, I, I have to believe them until I'm proven wrong, right? Until they're proven wrong. It seems like they're, that's the direction they're going. They're not being as, what's the word? Not frugal. Frugal. Not, I don't know. It's not spending like they used to with big names. Henri, More Cahill, ambition. Stuff like that. More ambition. Right. Well, you know, the Red Bull philosophy was they think they can develop a Tyler Adams every year and sell him for $10 million, which is, it's not true. As, as a, you got it, there's a lot of luck involved in that. Again, you know, they went the, the young route the last few years. I, I like the, the I, you know, we're a big market team, an original 696 franchise. This team should try to win every year. I mean, these last few years, I don't know what they've been trying to do. Let's try to win. Let's give it a shot. At least give it a shot. Give that in the top 20 in salary cap let's get in the top five and see what we got how about we try that what do you say i love it because this team came very far <laughs> with, with the small pieces they had i mean it was a miserable season because when your team is mediocre and they're not scoring that's the worst i can almost deal with high scoring games and losing more than i could deal with just boring right. soccer and we got a lot of exactly. boring soccer last year and okay. all we need is now they got to get a center forward we'll talk about that now. they need a center forward badly badly Next time we're on, gentlemen, it's going to be 2024, and it's going to be uh, rapidly approaching time for some uh, new signings, some season previews. You have it all right here at I-80 Sports. Make sure you check us out on all your social media, wherever you listen to podcasts. Gentlemen, have a great day. Have a great night. Happy New Year. Good night.